Uh, I'm Bobby Navia. And I am Dorian Weinzimmer. Welcome back, everybody, to The Couch, episode 39. 30 fucking nine. We will once again not be reviewing a movie trailer because nope. uh, we don't want to do it this this week. Yeah, no, there's like jack shit coming out. Yeah, anyway. so we're going to um, actually do a, around this time, everybody comes out with their lists, top 10, top 20, top whatever. Yeah. Um, so... We decided that we're going to do a, uh, a year-end wrap-up, a top five. Um, some of these we may have reviewed trailers of, but other ones are just like movies that we've seen yeah. in 2018. Yep. And to hopefully differentiate, we're going to... Uh, our top five are going to be uh, what we consider our, our choices of best directing, writing, acting, editing, and cinematography. Yep. And so we're going to... So yeah, so we won't be doing like a best film. Or this isn't just like, you know, our top five, like, you know, movies of the year. It's right. like, you know, best example of directing, best example of acting, mm-hmm. best example of cinematography. Yeah, we're just going to go category by category. Yeah. And um, yeah, and as you mentioned, we're not, we're not beholden to movies whose trailers we've reviewed on the show. This is just like, you know, all of 2018, all the movies we've seen, whether we talked about them or not. We're eligible yes. for any of our awards. <laughs> we didn't have any, you know, bullshit like, you know, oh, you got to play in a theater in New York or L.A. for a week before you hit VOD to be eligible for a Couchy <laughs> Award type of nonsense. No, if you were a movie in 2018 and we saw you, yes, you were up you for are, consideration. Right, yeah, <laughs> you were for consideration. Yeah. Um, let's dive in, dude. Yeah. What do you want to do first? I thought I was going to ask you this before we started recording, but I thought it m- might be more fun to just naturally sort of like pick what we want to do first. Yeah. What category do you want to do first? Um, we could, I mean, I, I don't care do we? to go <laughs> okay. any category for, I'm ready and willing to discuss any and all categories. Out of the five categories that we have, directing, acting, writing, editing, and cinematography, I would assume the directing one would be kind of like the Oscars best picture. Kind of, yeah. Right? That's kind of how I treated it. <laughs> <laughs> but also because I thought it was the most well You know, for me, the yeah. director, best director is kind of best picture because it's like that's all yes. under your control. Yes, you know, yes, like yes, right. if you put, if you skillfully directed all of those different departments into yes. this whole, then like, yes, you were the best director and you probably made the best movie. You know, right, like, right, so. right. Anyway, um, I so can understand the difference at times. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yes. So do but you want to start with my fictitious way on how I would start the Oscars and do Best Director first? Or do you want to oh, bury the lead and then just go through? Shit. No, I like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Let's go straight to the Best Director. Yeah, top of the list. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, do you want to go first? Want me to go first? You go first. Oh, <laughs> suck. <laughs> okay. Uh, me, Best uh, Director for me is uh, Panos. Okay. Panos Cosmatos, and he directed Mandy. Yeah. Starring Nicolas Cage, Linus Roach, Andrea Riseborough. Mm-hmm. And um, I put him... Don't forget Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Sorry <laughs> about that. Bill Duke. Um, I picked uh, him for best directing because, uh, first and foremost, he caged the cage. Mm-hmm. And you knew when to let him out <laughs> and when to hold him back. And, I mean, like we've said before, like Nicolas Cage just gives you full cage all yeah. the time. and. I think when you get a director that can properly use Nicolas Cage, mm-hmm. uh, not in a jokey way, but yeah. like really use you know what he can do acting wise and uh, make you laugh in a movie, make you cry in a movie, make you feel like he's an action star once again in a movie and everything. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you just hit all those things for me. Yeah, yeah, no, he's the, uh, uh, Cage is kind of the Klaus Kinski of our generation <laughs> yes. um, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's less, it, I, it sounds weird saying this about Nicolas Cage, but he's less insane yeah. than Kinski. And I mean, that's, if you, if you know who Klaus Kinski is, you understand what I'm saying. If you don't, then like, look this guy up. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Cage is a crazy person, but, but Klaus Kinski was like legitimately probably should have been institutionalized. Yeah. You know, if he wasn't such an amazing actor okay. and like famous, he probably would have been locked up. Yeah. Like he fucking mad person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, like, but that was, you know, so Werner Herzog worked with uh, Klaus Kinski. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only director who worked with Kinski more than once. Oh, okay. every other director that worked with Kinski was like, I'm never, never fucking talking to this guy again. <laughs> but he made like five movies with uh, with Herzog. Oh, OK. And it was because Herzog like. He basically understood that, like, to, you know, that, like, Kinski is like a storm. Okay. And that if you ever want to be able to, like, you know, shape the waves that are crashing against you, uh-huh. you just have to be, like, the cliff face, you know, ah. and just be like a rock. Yeah, yeah. So he's, like, he would, like, rage and go ape shit and be destroying shit and screaming for, like, an hour. Wow. Straight. This guy would just be, like, and Herzog would just stand there. Yeah. And just like let him just go nuts dude, and basically dude. like tire himself out. All right. And then after like an hour of him going completely fucking insane, he would just be like, <laughs> "All right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what you asked." Right. <laughs> nice. And like, yeah, when they were shooting Fitzcarraldo, it was like the native uh, uh, tribes and stuff in South America. They were more afraid of Herzog than they were of Kinski because of how calm he was. <laughs> Oh shit! Like this guy would be going crazy, and he would just be standing there, and they were like, "Dude, everyone's afraid of you. No one's afraid of this small guy who tries (laughs) to make himself look big." You know, they're like, "We see that in the jungle all the time." You know, stupid animals do that, but you, you're just like, "This doesn't phase me. I'm not afraid." (laughs) (laughs) Very Herzog, but so anyway, it feels like that. That seems like a comparable thing to kind of what happened with um, with Panos and Nicholas and and Mr. Cage on. I like that. He caged the cage. He caged the cage. He did. He found a way to like be that rock face to let yes to to sculpt this mm-hmm. seemingly unsculptable mass. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I also feel like the the movie itself is beautiful. I mm-hmm. think it is beautifully directed. But I feel like there's so many elements in the movie that are not just you know not just uh not just a revenge movie there's like animation in it right you know everything from like the title cards that come up in the movie if 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 you've seen the movie you know what i'm talking about um like all these things are so like that entire movie is like you can see the director's hand in that movie like a hundred percent like everything was planned you know 100 100 and um it's a really good fucking movie and i think it's really 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 expertly directed and i just we're seeing it again tonight, and yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, now that I'm thinking about it more. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, I put him for for best director. All right. Best directed movie. Yeah. Sweet. What's yours? Uh, coming as no surprise, it's Lars von Trier. Okay. Uh, House that Jack built. Yes. Like It's not. There's <laughs> like nothing else. Even I mean, this was one I just like I wrote this category and I just wrote House that Jack built and then I moved on because. <laughs> yeah. 
it's not even like nothing else even comes close. Did you write each category and then just write his name at the top of each category and then go ahead and make your list? Uh, I feel like I only only for this one. Only for there this were, one. Yeah, okay, no, there cool. were other. There's other categories where where we'll see. All right. You know, but it wasn't immediate for every single category. Okay. Um, okay cool. But directing and like if we did do a best picture, this would be best. Yeah. picture. If we did a best picture of the decade. This would be I still I wouldn't have had to think. All right, cool. I would have just said House that Jack built. Yeah. I fucking love this movie. I love everything about it. Mm-hmm. The more I've thought about it, the more I love it. Um but I mean in in terms of just like directorial accomplishment though, like it's it's kind of unprecedented to be honest. Um and I guess not totally unprecedented, but just like in in like my time, I guess. Okay. I feel like it, I feel like we haven't seen to this level, at least, uh, like a movie where you just see everything about like a, a you know storytelling craft and like a director's personal vision, mm-hmm. like almost seem to f- like uh, like manifest into their like ultimate form. Okay, you know where it's like it's this 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 perfect blend seemingly of like everything that this guy's been trying to do and all the skills that he's amassed over the course of, you know, his many years making films, like, just perfectly intertwining with each other. Yeah. And, you know, to the point where it's like, I I feel like if anybody on this planet could make a claim Mm -hmm. to being able to say that when they die, like, their universal purpose for being placed on this earth has been fulfilled, I think Lars von Trier might be one of the few people who could do that. All right. After making this movie. After making this movie, yeah. It literally is, it feels like... I mean, and, you know, it's funny because when Nymphomaniac came out, it felt like a really good kind of like end cap to his career. I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, it like, you know, it kind of summed up a lot of things that he had been themes and ideas he had been working towards stylistically, how he's shifted over the years. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to, you know, not only be like acknowledging and sort of like, you know, referencing those things in a retrospective way, but also like, you know, telling its own story and being its own thing that's like a. Uh, actual expression of those ideas and learnings and everything. And like this just took it like takes all of that and brings it to just a whole nother level. Like that's what's so impressive about it is like I kind of thought he had already like in a way said the final word on his own career. Yeah. But then he just took it to another place (laughs) like all of that where I'm just like, holy fuck, dude, like this is really I mean, you know, that was like a Nymphomaniac was like a really, really, for me, satisfying, excellent film. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it did kind of feel like maybe he was on the decline and like he was going to, you know, maybe, yeah, OK, this is it. Or I'm just going to like produce from here on out or yeah, something yeah. like that. But but man, it was like he was just he it was like he was just putting a period on that sentence so that he could start the next paragraph. OK. You know, and like the house that Jack built is like the most compelling opening sentence of a paragraph that I've ever seen. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I really yeah, I, I can't even imagine where he would go next after this. Yeah. Um, but like just, yeah, in terms of everything that a director does, not just in terms of like, you know, controlling all of the technical components of the film to create, you know, the story, mm-hmm. but, you know, really like being a provocateur, which has been a big part of him as well, like, you know, part of his personal vision and like, you know, kind of what he, how he functions as a filmmaker and within like the culture. Yeah. Um, you know, for him to like, yeah, again, be able to like, you know, take take his level of like provocation mm-hmm. <laughs> as well to the level that he does in this film 
while also throwing himself in the mix. You yeah. know, like he skewers himself just as much as everybody else. Right, right. And, um, you know, and, and literally, and again, like it ups the ante on like the self-referential nature of like a nymphomaniac. It was almost like they were dancing it around it a little bit. Like okay. it was kind of, you know, being a little oblique with how he was referencing his own works. Mm-hmm. And then like in House that Jack built, he just goes full, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't no, watched yeah, it. Yeah. Present Company, of course, being one of those people. Um, but uh, but yeah, just the way he does it and so successfully and like mixes it with all those other components that make a great director is mm-hmm. like, I mean, he not only like he not only executed on every currently existing definition of what it means to be a great director. I think he added a couple more lines to that definition. OK, <laughs> that all now right. the rest of us have to hold ourselves to. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, just as far as like a, you know, an, an accomplishment in every sense of the word as a film, as an artist, as a, you know, part of the zeitgeist and a part of the culture mm-hmm. and as something that, yeah, can, can, you know, not only speak about things that are incredibly contemporary and like relevant right now, but do it in a way that's like so universal okay. um, and timeless yeah. that I think, again, you could watch this movie 20 years from now when none of these like current events are, you know, as relevant um, that you know they're just dealt with in such a way that it's like we're not talking about them directly at all in right. the movie. They're all approached obliquely, but it's like it's it's not going to lose its relevancy. It's not going to be like lost as this like you know a, a statement that could have only been made in 2018 because that's the only time it was relevant. It's like no, this is this has repercussions. Like you can tell mm-hmm. you know while watching it that yes, it's very important right now, but like this is I think going to be very important for a long time actually. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I've just. I've never had the experience like seeing a, a like a new movie mm-hmm. that I did with House at Jack Bell, where it just felt like I'm I'm seeing something like really important right now. Okay, you know, yeah. and like not only that, but like I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah, yeah, because it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like, yeah. and it's just a it's just a great film. It's like this is just everything for me at least. Like what I look for in a movie, like this has everything that I think a movie should be when it's at its best. Yeah, yeah. And what I like about your choice and what I like about my choice is that I feel like it's the um, <clears throat> it is well clearly it's our number one choices but it's kind of like the the apex of uh, what we sort of both look for in a movie mm-hmm. but I think for this year like I think since you and I have started the podcast you know like I've I've watched a little bit more stuff that's out of my like out of my liking that I've liked or mm-hmm. I've like I've exposed myself to, you know, more stuff. And I feel like uh, you've gone to IMAX a couple of times. So I did my <laughs> job, you know, um, you know, but at the same time, it's like um, like I think about, you know, Blade Runner 2049. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I remember you were just kind of like, oh, I'm not too sure about it, but that felt good for me when I watched it. That I was like, I think you would really like this. I yeah. think it has like such a good such a good like Dorian balance to it. And I was so happy <laughs> that you loved it, you know? Oh, so good. Um, but, um, I think that like, uh, but no, yeah. Like going back to, you know, um, you watch a lot of stuff that has a lot of, you know, art behind it, a lot of, uh, you know, criterion, you know, um, titles and stuff like that. And I feel, you know, um, hearing you talk about the house that Jack built is sort of like, you know, the, the essay that you were hoping to see on film mm-hmm. for film, you know, just like you said, it should be everything that you think a movie should have in it, like for something brand new. Yeah. And like for me with Mandy, it's like, I've, I've watched so many Italian crime and horror and more horror this year that like Mandy to me was like the culmination of all that. Yeah. That I was just like, 
newly exposing myself to and then like i kind of got it all in one movie mm-hmm. in a very nice cohesive package that yeah. i just like really enjoyed and i was just like oh god this feels so good yeah you know so um should mention though that you have not seen the house that jack built i haven't seen the house that jack built. yeah i'm just saying because i will <laughs> I, I and i will mention too that prior to seeing house that jack built mandy probably would have been my choice okay um but yeah when i saw house that jack built i was just like Everyone else in the filmmaking world should be embarrassed right yeah. now. Like fucking embarrassed. <laughs> okay. I mean, you just you're blowing it. Yeah. Like yeah, you're yeah. really blowing it, you guys. <laughs> what have yeah, have you not looked at the past hundred years of what's already been done in film and decided like how can we like keep moving forward with this? You know, yeah, right. it seems like Von Trier is the only one <laughs> um, uh, who's thinking that way. But so episode thirty six is rub one out. So if you want to hear more about, <laughs> if you want to hear something more in depth of how, what Dorian thought of House of Jack Bill. Yeah. Also spoiler free. Oh, um, very spoiler free. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Which has been, which has made it difficult to talk about in some ways. Um, Cause yeah, I don't want to ruin anything, but yeah, I'm just trying to expound upon like the, the impact that it had on me as a viewing experience. Yeah. What is the next category? All right. So let's mix it up. Let's do editing. Okay. Let's just toss it around. We're going to throw this ball around now. Yeah. Got the beach ball going. Yeah. Uh, Am I going first again? Yes. Okay. (laughs) So editing is uh, where I kind of iffy cheated a little bit. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pick between two movies. Okay. Right? So the two for editing that I have are Let the Corpses Tan Mm. and American Animals. Okay. Okay. Those are the two I think for editing. Let the Corpses Tan is a movie that uh, Dorian had introduced me to. It was playing at Music Box for a couple showings. And uh, I actually totally forgot that I agreed to go with you. And it was great that you messaged me because I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And I went to go see it with you. <laughs> and I walked out of the movie theater not sure, if, not sure if I liked it. Yeah. We had a good conversation on the walk back to your place. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't get it out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had... Once again, is one of these movies this year that I'd really never seen anything like it. Yeah. Even and um, even though it, uh, you know, echoed some of the Giallo movies I had seen that you know, you know you had introduced me to, but uh, I thought the editing and some of the uh, parts of the movie because it's about a you know a bank robbery and uh, these guys go to this like steal a bunch of gold. They steal a bunch of gold yeah. and they go to like this villa where there's like this hypersexual artist that lives there you know and like a bunch of other people that are kind of staying there i think it's kind of like a bed and breakfast ish type of thing right because there's a there's a bunch of different people yeah it's like like it's like this artist like you know flop yeah it's a compound and people there's just some random people Um, there that like stay but there's these like scenes with this with with the uh female character that i think runs a place you know she um she has these like moments of you know fantasy with you know people who arrive and um (laughs) they're 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 highly highly sexual but they are not like um disrespectful in any way you know to like the female body or like the male body you know what i mean and um i thought the the editing in those moments were were really really great but one that stood out to me was uh there's a group of people being held hostage by a guy with a machine gun and one of them is like a young girl and the guy that has the machine gun is a kind of a younger guy too they're like they're like similar age like maybe teenagers and she fantasizes going to grab the gun from him and in the fantasy he turns around very quickly and begins to just unload the clip into her and she doesn't receive any 
there's no bullet holes, but her dress is shot off her. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And I'm sure, obviously, that's like something technical that like a you know the director and the cinematographer figure out how they're going to shoot it and how that effect will be performed. Yeah. But I thought the editing of that sequence just elevated the feeling of what I was seeing on top of like, oh, there's no bullet holes and this is a cool effect. Yeah. And there was a bit of like a strobing effect to it too that was really, really, really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that mixed with just a bunch of other sequences in the movie, I thought like I, it was just a really, really well edited movie and not, nothing that like I'd seen before Yeah, uh, in, in a movie of today. Right. In 2018 right. that we're yeah. getting today. Absolutely. And they're, I mean, they're editing style throughout you know all of their movies. They're yeah. the it's the directing team that I mentioned earlier: Br- yeah. uh, Bruno Forzani and Helen Cattet, uh, Belgian, I believe, directors. And their their first two movies, A Mare and The Strange Color of Your Body's Tears, are both very much you know uh, neo giallo films. Okay, and they're the, like uh, for my money, honestly, like the only good ones that have been made. You yeah. know, really since like 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just seem to get it, you know, right. and they really, and they're not afraid to go all the way with it. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's really impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I think that was one of the things that, you know, we were talking about after you saw Let the Corpses Tan was that like, in a way it's so, it's so aggressively stylized yeah. from front to back, from the you know, very from beginning. the first frame of the movie, to the last frame of the movie, like you are in crazy town, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's never, even when it's like a slow dialogue scene, there's like, it's being shot and edited in some like insane way. Yeah. You know, that's like leaving you like, you know, feeling off, you yeah. know, or like you can't, even if it's just like a simple conversation, you're like, I Am I following what's going on? You know, right, like, I don't right, right, know. Right, right. I'm yeah. just constantly on edge that like this whole thing is going right over my head, you mm-hmm. know, or something. And it can be kind of off-putting. And then it's like when it ends, you realize like there kind of is no sub. Like the stylization is so thick that like that is the substance. Right. You know, it's right. not like and I think that's it's not about like what is her motivation? You know, it's like, yeah. no, you're getting like. The visceral sense that they're feeding you, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's like a Lynch movie in reverse where it's like he feeds a lot of like subtle emotions to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you like intuit and like follow through a story uh-huh. and they feed you strong ones. Yeah. Like constant, like so strong that you're like, there has to be more to this than that. And you're like, right. and it's like, no, there kind of isn't like, we're just, it's an aggressively sexual fantasy right now. Yeah. And we're just going to fucking jam that down your throat for like four minutes. I think that's what was like, I think that's why I wasn't sure if I liked it or not. Yeah, Because like, I mean, there is a plot to it. It's a bank robbery and then, you know, it kind of goes wrong. Yeah, you can guess. And that's about. You can guess how that story is going to play out. Yeah, (laughs) right. They never seem to go well. But at the same time, like it didn't play out how I thought it was going to play out. Yeah. You know, and I think that was the other thing where I was just like, okay, I have all these very, you know, highly sexualized fantasies going on mirrored with a shootout mm-hmm. and now you know we're uh, one of the more surprising sequences of it was just how long the night sequence actually felt like real time mm-hmm. like we were just in the dark for a long time right. with like random shit happening and um well not random stuff but just you know different people moving around um you know the compound trying to either escape or not get shot or just trying to survive because they have been shot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that, I think that's what, like, really put me off to it. But I could not, uh, couldn't get, like, the images and how the story was told, you know, through the images. You know, like, I wonder just to, 
you know, you could probably just mute that movie and watch it and still kind of get it. Yeah. What's going <laughs> on. You know what I mean? Um, which is pretty, which is really impressive and not many movies, you know, you can do that with. Yeah. But, um, although the, yeah, the sound design is like, Oh yeah. Is like as intense as the visual, yeah. you know, stylization. Right. It's especially that part you were talking about when the dress is getting shot off of her, there's this amazing use of the surround sound with the gunfire is like coming mm. from behind you Yes. while you're almost in the perspective watching this woman's, you know, dress getting shot off of her. So it's like, yeah, it's, you know, does a really good job of like, you know, placing you. Mm-hmm. in the shoes you know so to speak of of right. this person and also again like amplifying those sound effects where it's like it's jarring in a way yeah yeah because yeah. it is like aggressive you know it feels it feels like a rape a you little know, bit in, in yeah, a way yeah, just yeah, because yeah. of like the way that they've like combined that. these elements yeah. so aggressively and right. like you know all this in the violent you know obviously context of it but again it's like that's how they tell their stories yeah it's like this I, hopefully this just one example is communicating kind of like right how an idea gets, you know, represented through their lens. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, it's, it's a really unforgiving 90 minutes of like, everything's communicated that way. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, exactly. so it, yeah, it can be kind of like tiring. Yeah. You know? There might be some times where you're like, Oh God, we're here yeah, again. Like, like, damn, what's can this? we slow down for a second? Yeah. It's like, no, no, yeah. not really. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, no. And it is, so, so the editing throughout is like, you know, is really impressive. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, yeah, because it's all so like conceptual, Mm-hmm. like no scene is just like oh we'll just get some coverage you know and like yeah, exactly. figure it out later it's like nope we're gonna like yeah the camera's gonna like snap zoom in on this and then we're gonna move across this thing mm-hmm. and then we're gonna cut to this overhead while these guys move like this while the camera turns 90 degrees yeah and right like, you know but it's all so expertly constructed that like when you watch it edited together you're just like holy shit yeah <laughs> this, this is, is like, like yeah this is you know this is like uh you know, it feels like graph paper, you know, it's just like everything's right. like that precise yes, yes. In, in how it was obviously like conceived and executed to be mm-hmm. just this way, you know, right. like there's nothing else you could do with the footage in a way. Mm-mm. It's like, there's no other, no. there's no options no. here, people. It wouldn't like, be a good yeah, movie. Yeah, right. It would not be a good movie, uh, you know, yeah. so. So, so from that, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it is an amazing editorial yeah. accomplishment. Right. That whole film. Uh, and then my second movie was American Animals. Yeah. Um, just because it's directed by Bart Layton. Uh, he's the guy who directed uh, The Imposter yep. documentary. If you haven't seen it, watch, watch it. it now. Do it now. Yeah. It's probably uh, still on Netflix. I'm not I don't sure. think it is. Uh, no, man. but you can, I'm sure, I think you can rent it. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if it's on Prime. I didn't check that. But um, the editing of that movie is really impressive and it really uh, kicks up kicks up the uh the narrative and the story mm-hmm. to you know something you something familiar you've seen before you know in a in like a heist movie yeah you know um and i kind of don't want to ruin it i know if you yeah, haven't seen it yeah but i mean in the first i will tell you what dorian told me because you saw it before i did it's snowing dorian oh shit jesus it is. christ what do you know <laughs> um <laughs> sorry uh dorian told me after he saw it that um that he really liked it, but in the first ten minutes, you're gonna realize that this is, you know, it's, it's a lot different. It's than a lot different thought, than yeah. when you thought, and like he wasn't kidding in and a good way. Yeah, yeah. Audibly in the theater, I went, oh, like when when that ten minute mark, you know, happened, and I I realized what we were about to embark on, my, me and my sisters, and uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really 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 good. Yeah, no, it's great, and the way, yeah, no, it's you know, it's funny that. Uh, I had both of those movies on my list as well oh, okay, for the cool. exact same reasons. Oh, I mean, nice. yeah, exactly. Like let the corpses tan is, you know, in a way it's like, it's the showiest 
it's the most like obvious editorial accomplishment of mm-hmm. all of them because it's so flashy, you know, right. and it, like it draws so much attention to itself, mm-hmm. the way that it's edited together. And like, you know, and that's, it's always funny because that's like, you know, those are kind of just two different schools of like, well, directing and storytelling, but like editorially, you know, there's uh, in film school, what you're always told is like, you know, editing is like an invisible art. And yeah. that, you know, a good editor is like, you don't notice the editing because you're just like in it and it all is flowing right, so well. Right, that, right. But, you know, but on the, you know, the other side can be just as true that it's mm-hmm. like, no, a movie that is like so stylistically put together that it like draws your attention to every cut yeah. and how like surgical that cut was, you right. know, and all that type of shit is like, that can be great editing as well, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the opposite of invisible that's like in your face <laughs> right look at these edits man this is awesome <laughs> so so yeah you know i'm glad uh, uh similar to what you said about the directorial uh diversity yeah um i'm glad that you know we're kind of touching on both of those things in in the editing category yeah uh because yeah american animals is a bit it's you know again circumlocuting some interesting components to the film that we don't want to spoil for anybody right um, you know, the way that it's, it's the editing is, is kind of more invisible in that movie, but there's another component that dr- is drawing your attention. Correct. Yes. And it's the way that that is integrated into the rest of the film mm-hmm. and the way that that's like edited together where it does feel fluid. Yeah. Even though in a way there's like kind of like parallel universe thing happening, in a way, yes. <laughs> you know, yes, like, yes, yes. um, is, is just really cool. It's just very cleverly conceived. And Mm -hmm. the fact that it does feel seamless is what's so impressive about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like so well utilized and so well introduced that like when these things are sort of intertwined with each other, it feels like it doesn't feel jarring, you know? Right. Yeah. It it feels like this is the best way you could have told this story. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. It's great. I feel like if I would have just seen that, that element used in a different movie, like it would have just been like, Oh, what are you doing? Right. This is right. You're trying to like, you're trying to be like too artsy, I guess, but this didn't even feel like artsy. No, it really didn't. Especially from this director also coming off the imposter. It was like, this is the best way you could have like taken another step forward from that film. Yeah. Uh, It's awesome. It's It's, yeah, it's really good. So it's worth seeing. However, the movie that I actually chose for editing as my winner. Okay. uh, I picked revenge. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Because. Yes. Um, I mean, it does have a couple of just like really well edited sequences, mm-hmm. um, you know, that are of note. Uh, a would be the like rebirth sequence, um, of course, is amazing. Yes. With her character. But there's that like double dream layering that happens, you know, oh, where yeah, she like yeah. wakes up. And then wakes up oh, again, yes. you know, I and like, that. Yes, yes, yes. you know, and the way that that was done, because that's, you know, that's kind of a gimmicky thing yeah. that's been done in a lot of movie yes. horror movies in particular. So um, the way they did it in this movie, though, was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it worked really well for the film and was also just very cleverly introduced where it didn't, you know, when like the, the second wake up happened, I didn't feel like, oh, come on. You know, it gotcha. was like it was like, oh, no, that was cool, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and then the the ending um, when the two of them are like running in circles oh and there's God, just more yes. and more blood That's like right, filling yes. up this hallway like the way that the whole sequence was put together to like disorient you mm-hmm. and like you know turn what are like very recognizable like modern hallways into just like you know blood filled. <laughs> 
thoroughfares that are indistinguishable yeah. from each other yeah, and like yeah. you know confusing that like sense of space now where it's like we do feel kind of scared mm-hmm. because we can't tell anymore like right, <laughs> you know right. where we are or where the other guy is that we're chasing and you know it's a really good yeah that ending's so fucking it's amazing yeah. you know it's it's like one of the tensest like cat and mouse games ever and it takes place in a circle yeah you know <laughs> like yeah that's all it is you talk about it's it it's running, running through my head i'm getting yeah. tense i'm like yeah, oh, I yeah, I remember. It's amazing, that. but um, but I think what really kind of put it over the top for me, as far as like, okay, this is the one that should win for editing, is because so much of like, and I mean, you know, you could say, you know, every movie is like ultimately made in the edit. So like, yes, a lot of the directorial intent and all that stuff that is going to come through with the way that it's pieced together, you know, editorially, but. Um, what her intent was with this film was so reliant on like taking this rape revenge type of, you know, horror genre film and, you know, turning the, the, the male gaze into like the female gaze, you Mm -hmm. know, in a way. And so much of that was reliant on basically just like telling the same story, but like the way that we edited those scenes was a little bit different, you know? Okay. Like instead of lingering on the rape, we're lingering on the guy watching the rape, not doing anything about it, you know? Right, right, right. And like, you know, we're not doing these like, you know, these like ass shots of her like walking around. It was like, we're going to know, shoot her from the front while she's covered in blood and guns like a fucking badass, you know? And and so much of that was like so much of what made that movie so significant and so interesting was just the fact that it was this like different viewpoint on this story that's been a genre, you know, a admittedly problematic kind of genre <laughs> for a while um, that has resulted in some some excellent films, of course. But um, but, you know, her whole approach to it really did rely on, you know, what what amounts in a lot of ways to like simple editorial shifts within scenes that we've mm-hmm. seen before. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, to make that big of a difference, that big of a change to this genre by simply kind of like editorially, you know, like just saying, well, what if we just were looking over here instead, you know, um, is really amazing. And I think is one of those like beautiful things about the art form and like brings to light a lot of what filmmaking really is. It's like you can have two completely different movies just based on a choice to like, let's stay on this shot rather than that shot. Right. You know, and like that's that's a lot of I'm I'm not like I'm not saying this to mitigate her abilities as a director and say like, oh, oh she no. made these simple choices. No, no they're no, no. really intelligent, really smart decisions. Yeah. As a storyteller and as a director. But I'm uh, you know, I'm just trying to point out that like ultimately they came down to like this kind of simple editorial place of, you know, and I'm sure that's where the impetus for this movie even came from. was mm-hmm. like she probably had seen some of these other genre films and was like you know, this wouldn't be nearly as exploitative and would actually be kind of empowering if we were just like had a slightly different viewpoint on some yeah. of these scenes, you know, yeah. and um, and just took it that direction. And yeah. so and, you know, in addition to just the editing in general being excellent, right, especially with those scenes I just mentioned. But, um, you know, the fact that 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 those choices were so instrumental to the directorial effort and like the message of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that were simple and in a way, you know, invisible as well. Like, you know, yeah. a- unless you you know, you get the effect from them, but unless you're like a, you know, a film buff like us, who's like, you know, knows about some of this stuff ahead of time and it's like, oh, it's this, you know, female voice kind of trying to like turn the, turn the perspective around on this whole rape revenge genre, Um, you know, without having that knowledge and like thinking about that while watching the movie, it's like the effect that she's trying to create by doing that is still communicated. Oh yeah. definitely. You know, like hundred percent. Nothing's like sacrificed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's sacrificed because it's like, wait, we got to make sure that yeah this happens and then yeah yeah. right so it's you know it's a really just like a beautiful and like elegant 
combination of like, yeah, that editing is invisible art, but also editing is like a part of like stylizing your piece. Mm. Um, I thought that movie just just hit both of those really expertly All right. and, and leveraged them in just the right ways for like what it was and what it was trying to say. Yeah, or did say it was successful in saying it. So <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it's a great movie. I like it. I like your contextualization of it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's very. No, very it, was, nice. it was well, it was hard to choose because like yeah. all three of those movies, I'm like the editing in all these movies is exceptional. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like. I don't, you know, um, but that but that was one I thought, yeah, just it really it was the glue that that bound. Yes. You know, for that and movie. Revenge right now is on Shutter. If you have Shutter, yes. you can watch it right now. Yeah. Uh, or rent it or buy it. It's definitely worth the it's buy. worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. But yeah, you can stream that song bitch on Shutter. Woo. <clears throat> uh, all right. Where are we going next, sir? Directing down, editing down. We got. We got three more to go. Yeah. What do you uh, want to do? I picked the last one. You pick. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. I want to do... Uh, let's do acting. All right. Let's do acting. Acting! You go first this time. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. There you go. I like Ooh. it when you get aggressive. Go ahead. Uh, all right. Acting. <sighs> Fuck. This is one I've been having a really hard time with. Okay. Really, really hard time with. Between right. two movies. Between two movies. Yeah. Uh, I think since I broke the rules, you you go ahead. Yeah, I, did, I mean I I'm, did it with editing. Yeah, Might as well just I'm probably gonna do it again anyway. But <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Okay, so um, I mean I'll I I kind of you know it was one of those things where I was like I don't want to do this stupid like oh I have to pick a different movie for each category just to be inclusive you know. Okay. It was more so like I I was kind of thinking that more so because like I just want to talk about another movie. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But I'm like. I really still want to say House of Jack built for okay. acting. Okay. Um, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, man. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. He's so good. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck? Where did he come from? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's always been a good actor, too. Like, but it's just, he just hasn't seemed to really do a lot in the past decade or so, mm-hmm. you know? And so even when they cast him in this movie, I was just like, well, that's cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, damn, this could work. Um, he is, I mean, he's exceptional in that movie. And it is such, like, a fucking batshit insane role. Like, yeah. more so than you think. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and not just, oh, he's crazy serial killer. Like, there's so much going on with his character that, like, he has to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just masterful. Okay. You know, like, the whole time. Like, every scene. It's, like, every little comic note is just right. Every little crazy note is just right. Like... You know, and he just blends, he just plays that blend so well of like, you know, really smart, really charismatic, but really fucked up. Yeah. Can be really scary at times, you know, and like all this type of shit. Like, it's just the full range of like everything you would want out of an actor mm-hmm. or would need out of an actor. Like, he just puts on display. Okay. And, um, and it's just, oh my God, he's so good. Um, and also, you know, just, the things he was asked to do, you know, like just the level of commitment he showed to the role and everything mm-hmm. that obviously once he took the role, he was like, well, if I take this role, like I got to be hundred percent in. You yeah. Know? Right. Yeah. Um, I've read a couple of interviews with him and, you know, he said like, he, yeah, he definitely had to think it over for a while before he <laughs> accepted it. Cause he was just like, and even when he first accepted, it was like, fuck, like, what have I got myself? I'm really going to do this. <laughs> like, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I have a hard time, uh, not picking him for that because it was just such a hey man, revelatory your, piece. But it's like, your pick, homie. Yeah, I get it. Um, but I, you know, I, I was, but I could say just as much about Nick Cage and Mandy. Okay. 
you know, yeah. like that was something that you already touched on it quite a bit with, um, you know, talking about it as a, your directorial pick, but, um, you know, what, what Nick Cage did in Mandy was like, was just exceptional. Uh, it was really right. Completely raw, fearless performance, you yeah. know? And like that, that's a, just an amazing thing to watch, especially from a guy like that, you know, who, right. who, you know, basically has, has, has done that in a lot of other movies where it just wasn't appropriate, you know, it just didn't match the, the tone of the film. It was in the wrong key for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this one was just like, it was used just right. Like, you know, to not only as like this sort of moment where we go from like movie a to movie B, right. You know, in the film, but it's like, I mean, you, you, you're there with him. You understand why <laughs> this outburst is happening. And, um, it's just like, you just experience like this, psychotic break like with him yeah you know and like that's you know that plays to, to a lot of directorial stuff just with how that was like you know put in there but his ability to like really deliver on that um and in a way that's so again like it, it, it there's some people that i think think that scene is really cheesy and bad the bathroom scene yeah 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 that yeah. are really like it's just mm, yeah. yikes like really bad acting and all this and it's like no man it's it's, it's really good yeah. like it's a really amazing piece of acting that yeah. is like just completely unfettered and like no holds barred and not giving you know it's it's it feels like you're really watching that emotion that is like i don't know we've all i'm sure we've all had those moments where it's like we're in a really emotional place and like crying your fucking eyes out and like that moment hits you where it's like i look so like pathetic and ridiculous and stupid right now mm -hmm. you know and like that was most of the times when i see people like cry or like break down in a movie it doesn't feel like that and mm -hmm. that feels actually inauthentic to me okay even if it's like you know good acting i can still feel like how did you know this is like this is like movie crying though you know it's like yeah. they still look good this is the movie version of yeah of there's that, not like yeah. fucking snot bubbling out of their nose and yeah. like they haven't like had that like look and see themselves in the mirror and have to like look away and be like oh god no yeah this is, i'm just a mess right now yeah. you know like and this scene felt like that you know that felt like a real like a person by themselves having a fucking fit yeah <laughs> yeah and, um, you know, and, and just the way it was, you know, presented as well uh, within the film and everything, too, like just did a great job of like, you know, bringing us there mm -hmm. and making it feel like voyeuristic. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really like giving his performance the right space to live in, not just like within the film itself, but within the way it was shot and presented. Yeah. Because you know? it's just that um, one shot. Yeah, it's almost yeah, kind of like clearly like on a you know like a um a gimbal or something like that. Because yeah, the yeah. movements are very like Back in, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was on some sort of rig that allowed them full range of motion so mm -hmm. that they could just follow his performance. Yeah, uh, you know, which initially kind of like stuck out to me a little bit because the rest of the movie is so rigidly constructed. Yeah, um, but it seemed you know after watching it and like really like digesting it, it's you know it was clearly like the right move to make for that scene. Yeah, and I I like the added sort of. Um, um, I don't know, theatrical realism of that shot versus the rest of the movie, which yeah. feels very much like constructed filmic realism. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Uh, again, as just like a way of, of complementing the emotion that he was giving in the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it, again, it might have felt a little like incongruous if he had like given us that while it was still sort of in this like, you know, we've got purple blue and pink like lens flares hitting the light yeah and this locked off shot from like a you know sort of you know strange angle mm -hmm. where we might have like lost part of the performance or not being able to really like catch the emotion and and use that like you know 
language of the face that film right, can do right. more than anyone that you know the, the more than any medium i should say that you know really was so important to a scene like that and yeah for him to like you know really bring that to the table and like be able to deliver like that level of performance yeah uh you know for a scene like that you know is impressive in its own right let alone the rest of the movie where yeah like his you know his subdued nature in the first half is like kind of a revelation just because you're like damn nick cage can be like this calm yeah right you know that he's like you know his wife is kind of like the like weirdo one yeah you know? yeah he's the straight man yeah yeah uh you know it's just it was interesting to see and like uh again it was like instead of it just being like full cage the yeah. whole time it was like we got to see him like become cage yes Ooh. you know yes and and yes. it was like the cage or even more appropriate that it like takes place in like an alternate like 1984 the origin because it cage. is like this is yes. the origin story of nick cage you know yes that's awesome so um but anyway he's and he's just amazing throughout the whole thing and like you know again just his his sort of bravery and like the way that his stuff worked so well with even just that, like that goofy fucking smile he has in the car at the end of the movie. Yes. You know, and stuff like that. That's just so many actors would be like too worried about their image or like, Oh no, this is, you know, it's going to look bad or people are going to laugh at this or whatever. And it's just like, no, he'd like, he got that it was right for the movie and that he was right for the movie. And that like, you know, his instincts were right. That like, they just got each other. Right. Right. And then, you know, and that's and that's a great thing to have. But just to have that like sort of lack of self-consciousness where you're not worried about any of those other things, just like what's right for the scene, what's Mm -hmm. right for the moment, you know, uh, worked extraordinarily well. So it was an incredibly impressive performance. I love, love, love him in that movie. So good. Yeah. So good. So. All right. What do you got? My pick for acting is Ethan Hawke in First Reform. Oh, all right. Hell yeah. I'm a big Ethan Hawke fan. Yeah. You know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that guy. Just, just Born to be Blue. Is that? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah. Damn. That yeah. movie. Yeah. And the Before Trilogy. Is, and the Before is Trilogy. A, yeah. One of um, Bobby's Bobby's uh, main squeezes. It's best best love movie ever. It's Bobby's best girl right there. It is. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's got to be a prerequisite there. Um yeah, no, Ethan Hawke in uh, the Paul Schrader, written and directed, uh, first reformed. Yeah. We uh, saw that at the Chicago Critics, 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 yeah. Critics Festival. Sold out show. Mm-hmm. Um, with, uh, with Mr. Schrader. With Mr. Schrader for Q&A, in attendance, yeah. yeah. And um, I really liked the movie, and I really, really liked uh, his performance in it. Yeah. It's a very reserved performance. I feel like I... He's a very... Um, I think... I feel like he's a very, like, feely guy when he acts. Like, <laughs> you can just sort of... You can kind of see the the feeling coming out of him in whatever whatever scene he's you know performing. Yeah. Whether it's like a bad guy or a nice guy, do you know what I mean? Like you get a vibe from him, and in this one, like that vibe was just very reserved. It was yeah. very like internal, and you almost had to like really try to read his face in a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. to figure out what he was really thinking about going through or, or feeling whatever. Yeah. And then it just you know bubbles at the end you know, for this like perfect exclamation point on a movie, um, with what he does, you know, to himself or what he's going to do, you know, again, it's something I don't want to ruin cause I yeah. feel like you should watch it. Yeah. Definitely um, seeing it. I but, think it's on prime. Yeah, it is on prime. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's one of the best performances, uh, that he's done. And honestly, one of the best performances, you know, of the year of, out of the movies that I've seen. Yeah. And, um, I just think everyone should, should check it out because, uh, I think it's a different kind of Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's some good hawk. It's some good hawk. Yeah, yeah. 
No, it's a it's a really good performance. I was yeah really really impressed with him yes. in that movie. Yeah, yeah, the way that he was really able to play play all the subtext of that character. You know, somebody who's like yeah, like you know, sheltered small town priest who like yeah. you know the the horrors of the modern world have like basically invaded the small town. You know, yes. and like he's kind of trying to deal with that while still being like you know the community. Mm-hmm. You know the the idyllic. <laughs> you know, 1950s, like, community center that the church was, you yeah. know, and like, oh, you know, well, we'll help Susie and Jeff through their marital problems, and that's the biggest issue that I'll ever encounter, yeah, in, right. you know, here in <laughs> Chaddock or whatever, <laughs> like, uh, you know, but when the, when that is confronted with, like, you know, terrorism, right? you know, like something massive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, is the way that he played that, um, was, was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like really, really, yeah, you could, you, you could see his internal struggle while he was trying to put on like the brave face. Right. You know, it yeah. was like just a really nice, subtle delivery of like, you know, giving the person on the other side of him just enough to believe that like he's producing a sense of calm for them. Even though if you read even slightly deeper into his eyes, you can see that there is like a private nightmare happening that he has no fucking clue how to deal with. Like, and I thought the movie just, well, he and the movie just portrayed that so well, like that nightmare, you know what I mean? And then it was that last scene where we actually see the nightmare for, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what I, that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. About him. No, it was it was really good. And uh uh random additional shout out in that movie to Cedric the Entertainer. Oh fuck yeah. Like just dramatic role in that movie. Just Killed ca- it. Casually knocking it out of the park. <laughs> like, <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, no, that was I mean, I just like the idea that Paul Schrader and Cedric the Entertainer were in a room together at some yeah. point. Like, and talked about a character. Yeah, and just, let alone the fact that they did like a dramatic role. Like, if you had just told me they were in a room together at one point, I'd be like, I like knowing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, no, that was, a, that was a random additional treat within that film. All right, sir, we got two left. We do. We got writing and cinematography. Yeah. You want to do cinematography for last? You want to make that kind of like yeah, a... Yeah, let's do that let's last. Let's do that. That's fine. All right. All right. So writing. Writing. You go first this time. Okay. Writing, I have uh, Alex Garland for Annihilation. All right. Yes. Um, I think so much of that movie. It was on my list. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I love that movie. We love yeah, that movie. Both of us, yeah. Um, our long a, lost first episode, which. Our, oh, yeah. I got it. I'm going to repost that. Yeah. Okay. I got to re- I have, I, I still say. have the, obviously, I have all the edits. Uh, but um, yeah, that movie really, well. Really blew my mind in the best way possible, um, and I feel like a lot of the reason why that movie works is because it just—it's like it's on the page, it's there. And I, I've mm-hmm. seen, you know, we talked about it in that in the episode that I will repost. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about a lot of the movies he's done with like Danny Boyle and like how, you know, um, <clears throat> I think specifically with Sunshine. You know, we talked about like, oh my God, if Sunshine had the ending that this movie had, like mm-hmm. it would be up there in like the pantheon of just like fuck man like you just you just went for it yeah and (laughs) you know not a successful movie didn't break the bank or anything but like that's fucking art to the highest level there yeah and it was really really great but um, made barack obama's favorite movie of the year list we found out today that it did (laughs) (laughs) very happy about it yeah the president and and us have something in common Mm -hmm. (laughs) our our love for uh, annihilation yeah but uh, no, I just think everything, um, 
everything about that movie is just so it's it's written really well. Yeah. Um, and even in a lot of the things that the characters don't say, I think is is written well because I think there's a lot of really great subtext in it mm-hmm. that I feel like comes from everything that we're talking about here, like the editing, you know, uh, the directing and stuff like that. Most notably, I think about the scene post uh, bear attack. Uh huh. Uh, with um, Tessa Thompson's character, yep, uh, it's my favorite scene of the movie. Yeah, it's really like good. The, uh, you know the most spiritual scene to me. Like it really speaks to me. But I just love her last couple lines in in that because um, I wouldn't call them throwaway lines. But unless you're like unless you're like really invested in the movie, you're not really. They're they're just sort of. She doesn't give anything away. Mm-hmm. It's not not sort of like a great big. Um, you know, revelation or, oh my God, I figured out what's happening here or I figured out what's happening to me. It's, you know, a few lines, I think, are just about like acceptance or something like that or her being at peace, like with her own character. Yeah. And that's, I love that that part was written just for her. Yeah. And for her character. And there was just some sort of like catharsis there mm-hmm. that was just like complete. Yeah. And just the way she just walks off and you know she's kind of done and seems to disappear Mm -hmm. you know within the sequence like was just beautiful to me yep and um awesome yeah i would say that's probably aside from the end of the movie with uh like the dance and yeah the lighthouse and the lighthouse yeah yeah, right (laughs) um but uh if i had to pick like a a certain scene that i thought was just written really really well in that movie it would it would be her her Mm -hmm. her and tessa thompson's end in that movie okay yeah yeah no, I mean it's amazing that uh, Alex Garland was able to, Make uh, that. for once, in, well, for once <laughs> in his career, yeah, uh, you know, turn the third act into the biggest strength of the movie instead of its biggest weakness because mm-hmm. that's kind of always been his issue mm-hmm. as a screenwriter. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe he was just like while he was basically writing movies for Danny Boyle, that he was just like. I'm going to save a little something for me okay. for when I get to direct yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. these third acts are going to suck <laughs> every time uh-huh. 28 days later. I mean, all of the beach was shit, but, yeah. um, uh, sunshine, you know, is one of the biggest offenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of them, like the third act are just terrible. And, uh, uh, then this one, it was like, yeah, I, I was, when you took me to see annihilation, cause you know, it was marketed very poorly Yes, because the studio didn't believe in it whatsoever. Um, but, uh, you saw it and we're like, dude, I think you really, really need to check this movie out. And I, re- yeah, then took me to see it and I was really, really into it. And then it was getting to like the third act. I know. Yeah. And I got so nervous because I was just <laughs> like, oh, I just know he's going to like fuck this up right now. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is the best part of the movie. Yeah. Like hands down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's really, you know, again, it's one of those things that's like, um, it is it is really even though it's a scene, you know, that has no dialogue. Yeah. Or anything. It is still You're talking about the lighthouse. Yeah, the right? lighthouse, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the finale <clears throat> basically of the movie. Um it is really impressive from a writing standpoint just to like sort of know that you don't need to write anything there. Yeah. You know, or like yeah. you don't or you don't need to write this big exposition. Right. Excuse me. Like that's what made it a really great piece of writing for me was yeah. like, he kind of knew when to like step back as the writer and let like the movie do the storytelling instead yeah. of like, all right, so here, let me tell you what happened, you know, right. and like we're yeah. going to do the big exposition scene of, you know, basically the villain, like explaining the plot before he offs you, but then yes. you escape, you know? And yeah, yeah. So like, I, you know, it's, it's again, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this in the writing category as well. Okay. And I was like, well, but I, my favorite parts of the movie though, are like, 
like not written, you know? Yeah, right, <laughs> like, exactly. I was yeah, like, yeah. but that's also excellent writing, you know, just yeah. like knowing the story that you're telling and the best way to tell it, you mm -hmm. know, and again, like knowing that the writing is not the final piece. Yeah. You know, that's... And then almost adding dialogue to any of that, any of that sequence in the lighthouse. Would have weakened it. Exactly, 100%. 100%. Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the one, the one thing about that movie that did, that knocked it out of being the winner for me, mm -hmm. As far as writing, I, I mean, you know, well, we'll get into my pick in a minute. Anyway, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but part of it was that the um, I, I still really, really don't like the framing mechanism um, of okay. like her, like Natalie Portman being debriefed by who's it, Benedict Wong. Oh, OK. Yes. yes that yes, we yes. have at the beginning and the end of the movie. Like, I wish that was just gone. Gone. OK, yeah, I can see like that. It, that's a good point. That's yeah, a good point. yeah, that's that's one thing that I felt was like a weakness that because mm -hmm. it's the one thing in the movie to me that feels like a concession to the audience I, I of like trying to that, like yeah. tell you a little bit at least of right. like, here's what went down, you yeah. know. Um, and I just didn't need it. So like when the movie, especially the end, you know, the beginning was kind of whatever. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that it really was a benefit to me knowing right at the offset that she was the only survivor. I think I would have been uh, fine if we yeah. had just started, mm -hmm. you know, with like, we're just going to go in now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the ending was where it really bothered me because okay. I was like, I was so satisfied and happy with the ending. And then it was like, we cut into the scene where it was like, <laughs> I was like, oh God, this yeah. is the part where like the idiots have to get there a little, yeah, right, right, you know, right. fucking hit <laughs> <laughs> before the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, he just gave it to you. Like, right. just pay it fucking attention. You yeah. Know? Like, so that, yeah. So that was one thing that, you know, that, that did bug me a little bit. Um, but, uh, but Yeah. My pick, your pick. I was surprised. With you my were own surprised on this because oh. I had a few. I had a few written down. Okay. Um, I, I will go through my my list real quick. I I had written down first reformed. Okay. For this uh, is for writing. For writing. writing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, House of Jack built. Obviously, stuff, the writing is exceptional in okay. that movie. It really is. Not just the scenario, the dialogue and characterization yeah. is so good. Uh, yeah, Annihilation. Um, I'd also put the uh, uh, Joel Petroikis movie Relaxer. Uh, I didn't see it on here. Yeah, I saw it at. Um, it played at Cinepocalypse. Oh, uh, okay. Me and Daryl went and saw it. Uh, it's the oh, guy who made the Buzzard and uh, Alchemist Cookbook okay. with David Desmalshin and yes. Joshua Burge. Um, this guy who's just like sitting on his couch playing video games. Uh, it's it's excellent. I mean, I like Joel Petroikis' stuff a lot, um, mm -hmm. but this one, yeah, the writing is just really really on point. Okay, all right. <laughs> Um, it's, it's very, very good. Uh, but, um, so I, I had to give the nod though to, okay. S Craig Zoller for puppet master, the littlest, oh, right? Dude, this was on, this bounced around everywhere on my list. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to yeah, you. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm but I, I had to go with this for, right. It was one that like, as soon as I thought to even consider it, I was like, I think that's the winner that's the <laughs> because like what? What they did is what he did is so impressive. Yes. Like just from the standpoint of like taking a, a fucking tired ass, never that great franchise to begin with. Yeah. And just putting a new spin on it that just like breathes all this fucking life into it yeah. and makes it like a really fun, compelling, interesting premise, you yes. know, for the movie. <laughs> Um, that is also just like completely irreverent and has no, you know, nothing is sacred in this movie. And it's like, it's like it breathes new life into the genre just to so like 
creatively and inspired, like inspiredly, <laughs> like tear all that life out of it. Yes, you know? right. <laughs> just like you know, the the kills are super fun yes. and really creative. Like, there's a lot of just really fun dialogue in the movie. I mean, it's yeah, it's not going to win any awards for writing. It's not this like literary accomplishment. Um, but you know, again, for just like the accomplishment of taking something that's like shitty that no one cares about and turning it into something that is like. This is one of the most entertaining movies I've seen in years. Yeah. And like, and just explaining the premise to people is like they start laughing their asses off. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it's like, oh yeah, no, all the puppets are Nazis, basically. <laughs> and they start killing, like, <laughs> you know, you just know what you're getting in for, and then it delivers on it. You know, right. there's so many, like, especially in genre uh pictures, so many movies that like, yeah, either have this really like funny premise. Or can cut together, you know, like Kung Fury is a big one in my mind. That's oh, okay. like, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. The trailer, like Kickstarter video that like blew up on the internet was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It was great, but it was also one of those things that I was like, there's no way this is going to be any good for more than two minutes. Yeah, right. And sure enough, they released a 30 minute thing and it was horrible. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, people love it. They're making a feature out of it now with fucking Michael Fassbender, but. <laughs> Um, you know, for me, it was like, it, this has no legs right. for more than just the like two minutes of like what the gimmick is, you yeah, know? Yeah. and then it totally wears out its welcome. Yeah. Um, but you know, this was a movie that was like, I was kind of nervous about just because the premise was so funny. Right. I was like, ah, this is totally going to suck though. I remember that's kind of why we you know? like, yeah. was that one of the reasons why we didn't go check it out? Or yeah, we it was tired. Also, yeah, we it was just, that and we were tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, we'd been hearing some good things about it and everything. And then finally, like, yeah, uh, my wife and I just like rented, we were just going to watch a horror movie one night and rented it on VOD. And we yeah. were both like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. Yeah, we uh, showed it to uh, uh, several of our friends, including Bobby, on Halloween, yeah. their Halloween party. Yeah. And it was such a hit that, like, a few hours later, I came in and it was on again. Yes. Like, Bobby and Tyler, <laughs> of their own volition, were just like, do you want to turn on Puppet Master the Little Strike again? And it was, like, unanimous decision. A hundred percent, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's it's a really wonderful piece of writing mm-hmm. um, that I, I thoroughly enjoy. And it's like... You know, again, it it doesn't take itself too seriously, no. and it just but it's like so. It's obviously like a really smart guy uh, that wrote it. You yes. know, like you can still tell when you're watching it because it's so thoroughly like consistent with itself, uh-huh. and just takes all of its ideas to their like developmental extremes. You know, and not just like, you know, not just crude for the sake of crude, but crude that actually like derives from like the world that we're in mm-hmm. and the story that's being told here. Yeah, and um, but also has like just some of the right i don't know dramatic moments and the ending is spectacular yeah. <laughs> the ending's fantastic the ending is so that good. last shot is great yeah. yes it's, it's just awesome yeah um and it's just you know it's like self-aware in all the right ways mm-hmm. you know or it's not like wink winking itself but um at the same time it's like it's fully aware of like how ridiculous and stupid it is yeah um and yeah and it just it just does it right like tonally it just hits all the marks and um yeah again to 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 be able to turn a fucking Puppet Master movie, which is a franchise that, like, nobody gives a shit about anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> into something that, like, people are actually talking about and that, like, I'm excited enough about to say, like, this might be my favorite piece of writing, you know, yeah. of the year. Like, that's a pretty massive accomplishment, you know. I'm so glad it landed on the list because I felt, like, real, like, oh, man, yeah. this has got to go somewhere. But I'm glad that it did. Yeah, no, as soon as I, uh, like, as soon as I thought of it for writing, I was like, that's the perfect <laughs> place for it. Because, like, who else has been able, you know, 
people do bullshit reboots all the time, you know, yeah. and like this is one that actually works. Yes. It makes it better, you know? Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so, so good. So good. Anyway. All right. All right. So on to final category then. Final category. Cinematography. Yep. So I'm guessing this is my my this first go, my go now. This is your go now. Uh, all right. Well, so I'm just going to preface cinematography with like, like Roma wins, you know? Oh, yeah. But we just did an hour and 20 minute episode about Roma. <laughs> yeah, so like, right. we're not going to talk about Roma, but like, just know like Roma won, yeah. you know, like for cinematography. <laughs> yes. And that's just not us. I right. don't think that's just like somehow objectively, if you can win cinematography, like Roma did. Yeah. Um, but so so basically I'm picking a runner up to discuss. Okay. Um because Roma's the winner. All right. But so for me I I ended up choosing Mission Impossible Fallout. Okay. For my cinematography choice. Um, Neat. Yeah. Uh simply because I think, you know, I think there are more artistically sound cinematography uh, uh cinematography choices mm-hmm. um to to choose from from this year's, you know, crop of films. Yeah. But like Fallout was just so wildly impressive because of, you know, not only the the extreme level of like stunt camera work that mm-hmm. they went to that was very unprecedented, things that had never been done before. Yeah. This halo jump, some of these like helicopter things and stuff like that. But the fact that like they were still done under the auspices of maintaining some sort of aesthetic integrity to the shots. Yeah. Um, you know, they weren't just done only making the considerations for like, can, how can we get the stunt done? shit, we're going to have to do this a hundred times to get it right. Okay, whatever. We'll just keep shooting it and whatever, like, you know, the sky looks like or, like, the light looks like, you know, we'll just go with it. Yeah. Because we just got to get this shot. And it was like, no, there's one five-minute window each day where the sky looks the way we want it to. So even if it takes a hundred tries, which it did, yeah, we're only going to do one a day, <laughs> you know, right. and we're just going to have to do this over the course of a hundred days to make sure that like, not only do we get the stunt right, but we get the look right. Yeah. You know? It's not just about getting the right thing on camera. It's about making it look the way we want it to. Right. And you know, the fact that like that level of, you know, aesthetic integrity was maintained with this like insane stunt work that on any other movie and any other one, anyone else's control would have like, that would have been the priority was yeah. just like, just get the stunt done right, you yeah. know, and safely and in camera. Yeah. But, um, we can fix the rest in post. Yeah. No, they like the fact that they went to such extremes, not just for the stonework itself, but to like, make sure that, yeah, there was this technical and artistic accomplishment sort of like combined into every shot. And right. it's like, it's a very pretty movie. Like, yeah. You know, and there's some moments like, you know, that big IMAX like pullout shot when he's on the fucking bag of rocks underneath the you oh, know, helicopter yeah. as the sun is setting and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like, it's fucking gorgeous, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit. Um, so, yeah, no, there's a there's a real, you know, uh, strong aesthetic quality to that film. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the midst of, like, all of this stuff where it was like, this guy was about to die. You know? Every like time. Like, every time we every were doing shot. one of these shots, he was about to die. And they were like, yeah, we, you know, even if he dies, we're going to make sure it, you know, looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta send him off, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, right. It'd be even worse to die if it was a <laughs> shitty shot, you know? <laughs> like, um, so, I mean, to me, like, that, yeah, the accomplishment of that is, is just, like, so impressive. You know, the amount of, like, you know, communication and collaboration it takes to, to pull that off for, like, mm-hmm. the artists and the technicians to really, like, be able to work together yeah. and respect each other that much because that's always a big thing that, that comes in a, you know, clash, too, is, like, 
you know, the stunt guys are trying not to murder somebody. You know, they've got yes. a pretty strong set of considerations they have to make. And, like, you know, meanwhile, there's this DP sitting around like, well... <laughs> But that's going to look like crap. And he's like, oh, this fucking artist over yeah, here, right, you know, exactly. wants you to die for the shot, Tom. <laughs> like, you know, all the, the fact that they were able to, on such a scale, you know, able to like, you know, uh, mesh, meld those things together in such a successful way. You yeah. Know, again, both from like, obviously, a, you know, Tom Cruise didn't die. So obviously the technical standpoint and safety standpoint was well, you know, executed. Right. And planned out. But, um, you know, to artistically like capture all that stuff in a way that wasn't just like, you know, uh, like perfunctory or like objective, mm -hmm. you know, it, it still maintained like a subjective viewpoint that like, you know, fit with the aesthetic of the film and the visual storytelling of the film. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just so, so impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's why I ended up having to pick that one. All right. Um, you know, not having to pick, but picking that one. Picking that one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's my choice. It's a good runner up. Yes. It's a good yes. runner up. So, but yes, but Roma wins, you know? Yes. All right. My pick for cinematographer I don't know. I feel like it might surprise you. It kind of surprised me. Cause I just, well, I'll tell you what. I was actually going to put originally uh, Puppet Master for cinematography. Mm, because. Okay. Um, <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> the, the creative way in which to murder people using puppets, mm -hmm. I thought was just shot beautifully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's where I, that's where I was going to go with it. But um, I ended up picking uh, the cinematography for First Man. Okay. Um. And uh, only because, like, we did see it in IMAX. And aside from, like, the really, really beautiful end of the movie where, yeah. where they use the uh, IMAX camera, it's, it's used very, very well. Um, and only in that sequence. Yeah. Um, I thought overall the movie had um, a very different style to a movie we've seen before. Like, we're, mm -hmm. we're going to space, we're going to the moon, we're going to Mars, what have you. And um, this one felt like all of the cinematography was done from like, like it's just all going to be subtext. Like we're not going to explain it to you. We're going to make you feel, you know, all the movements of the camera. We want to make you feel how every character in the movie feels, uh, whether we're, you know, in a cockpit, you know, doing training mm -hmm. or whether we're like we're in an office being asked very personal questions. Um I thought it was uh, it was really different. It was a really different way to like shoot that kind of movie. And uh, some parts of it I liked, some parts of it I didn't like. Some parts of it were kind of uncomfortable, but then other parts I thought were just really, 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 really great mm -hmm. and um, intense as well. Yeah. And um, I don't feel like I have ever experienced something like that or felt something like that with with uh, a space movie. Mm -hmm. you know and um it's actually the more and more i was thinking about cinematography and i mean aside from roma and i was even trying to go past you know uh mission impossible a little bit i was trying to think of something that really you know hit me in a different way mm -hmm. uh for, for a pick yeah um and um kind of hit all the all the markers of us like like i said some of it i liked some of it i didn't like but i i, I can't say that i wasn't you know struck by it uh, in a very profound way by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's why I picked uh, First Man. All right. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it had a, I mean, there was a real uh, obvious commitment to, like, authenticity of the look of that film for, yeah. like, the time period and everything that mm -hmm. they, I thought they did a really, really nice job with. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, because, you know, especially in the 
you know, nowadays when doing retro stuff is like very in vogue. Yeah. And, you know, you get like the grindhousey type of things mm-hmm. that are like, you know, just start adding like film grain and scratches to things. And it just looks like digital images with a bunch of crap over it. Like, right. uh, first man, I, you know, and not just, you know, not just like the film stock they use to shoot it with and everything, but like just the color palettes of like, you know, the, the like production design and the costuming mm. and even the people they cast that just had faces that looked like people from that time period. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that, you know, really uh, combined together really, really well to create, yeah, images that looked just very authentic to the time period. Right, right, right. Um, and that was really nice. It was like, you know, it was naturally done. I wasn't seeing. I didn't feel like I was seeing like artifacts of like digital fuckery yeah. to make this happen. Yeah. You know, it just felt like they just got the right ingredients together, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I really appreciate that, but you know, having all that, none of that would matter if you weren't at the end of the day shooting it the right way Correct. to capture all those things yeah. in a, you know, in a, a container or uh-huh. a piece of film that's going to like represent them the right way yeah. and give it that final sheen that's going to make it look like that time, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, they did do a really, really excellent job of, of giving it that. And then, you know, and then once again, like just the use of because I, I, you know, we've talked about it before, of course, but I wasn't too crazy about First Man. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but uh, there were there were things about it that were really excellent, though. And like the moon landing at the end was incredible. Yeah. And that was also a really just great storytelling choice from a cinematography standpoint. Because again, we've got this like ultra excuse me, ultra authentic feeling like 19, you know, 50s, 1960s look to everything and like the footage itself and the movie we're watching and then like you know when we get to the moon all of a sudden we go into IMAX yeah and it's all like super crisp and like modern looking and it really does feel like you know we've we've stepped into a new time period you know like this this was when we took a step into the future right you know was when we landed on the moon and and you know the movie like reflects that in the way that it was shot in these cinematography cinematographic choices that were made Mm -hmm. um you know did a did a good job of communicating that part of you know the story and why this was being told and what they were trying to say. So yeah, yeah, it was, I will agree. The cinematography was, was really excellent in that film, but well, sweet man. Yeah. We did our top five. We did it. That was the couchies. The couchies. Is that what we're calling it? That's what I called it in my notes. So, um, couchies. Yep. The couchies. So I wanted to clarify, I wanted to, uh, to make one last mention of, uh, Movies that I have not seen. Movies that you haven't seen. That I haven't seen from 2018 and thus were not considered for any of these awards (laughs) because I haven't seen them. Okay. And I'm not going to fucking give awards to movies that don't, you know, that I haven't seen. All right. So I know these lists are like touchy and everyone disagrees anyway. And yeah, whatever. It's fine. Get a microphone. Make your own fucking list. We did it. Boom. Um, yeah, <laughs> but shut up. Um, but so I'm sure there's like somebody out there that's screaming like, you know, why the hell did, you know, if Beale Street could talk, not, you know, get it. Well, I haven't seen if Beale Street could talk. All right. <laughs> so it wasn't considered for anything. Take it easy. I, I have a life. Yeah. I like to do want shit too. I want to see it. <laughs> um, but so I just there's some major ones, I think, that uh, uh, from this year that I have not seen that I figured were worth mentioning. So here's my list of stuff I haven't seen that may have been award worthy. Okay. Uh, I have not seen Sorry to Bother You, Vox Lux, Eighth Grade, A Prayer Before Dawn, Burning, If Beale Street Could Talk, Leave No Trace, The Rider, or The Favorite. Hmm. So if anybody's listening to this screaming, why wasn't why don't you love Yorgos Lanthimos as much as I do? He's the best. Well, I haven't fucking seen his new movie, man. So <laughs> 
and also he's a little overrated. So just going to throw that out there. All right. I got to drop some hate at the end of this okay. episode. It's right. been a very like agreeable 90 minutes. I uh, I just have like some honorable mentions. Okay. Right. I'm not gonna say, well, maybe one or two of these was up for one of these categories, but uh, not a lot of them like were. Mm-hmm. But these are my honorable mentions of movies that I I, I either uh, that I watched this year or you know they did something for me. Yeah. All right. So didn't quite win the awards. Yeah. But you wanted to mention. You'll know one that hits a bit of controversy since you're mm-hmm. you know since you've doing it at the end here. <laughs> if you say what I you're, think you're, you're gonna fucking, say, I'm gonna fucking live it. I know, dude. You're already your face right now. Because <laughs> I already way, know what's coming. The way you held your breath was priceless. Honorable mentions: uh, Infinity War, Deadpool 2, A Quiet Place, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, uh, Mission Possible, Halloween. Yes, Suspiria is on my list. Uh, Bodied, Overlord, Widows, Creed 2, Solo, Revenge, A Star Is Born, Aquaman. Uh, Juliet Naked, which is another Ethan Hawke jam. It's a romance movie. I just really liked it. Uh, Roma and The Christmas Chronicles. Mm. Yeah. So those are all in there. That list wouldn't have been complete without Suspiria on there. Those, <laughs> there was a certain point where you looked at it and you're like, man, this is a lot. And you're like, well, but I can't drop Suspiria. <laughs> Couldn't have fucking done that. <laughs> There's nothing honorable about that film or um, about including it in a mention. Uh, relax, okay? <laughs> Take it easy. You know, we have we still have yet to talk about it. I don't know if we ever will, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's, you know. Everything I said about the house that Jack built, if you take the opposite <laughs> of each one of those sentences, it could accurately be applied to how I feel about Suspiria. All right. Well, it's the biggest go. pile of shit yet devised by man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for the top five. Are you good? I, I'm, I'm good. I did want to, I guess, honorable mention. I, I do want to mention you were never really here. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Because that is a really fucking good movie it's on prime right now i couldn't oh nice it's yeah I, I couldn't quite you know place it anywhere i couldn't quite place it any, i had it in my list of like candidates for directing but mm-hmm. again it was like once i saw house that jack built i was like my you know my hands are tied here all right um i can't i can't in good conscience <laughs> name anyone else for this award um but uh but yeah no you were uh you were never really here the joaquin phoenix film um the Lynn Ramsey wrote and directed is really, really an outstanding piece of work that I think went really under uh, under recognized as well. Um, again, this was we we did an episode about this. Cause yep. The marketing for it was horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, really hashtag bring the hammer. You know, bring like, the hammer. Was, Holy shit, I forgot about bring dude. The bad hammer. news. Yeah, that is not like what this movie is at all. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they tried to just market it. Yeah, as this like really hard hitting like revenge film and stuff. And it's like no, this is this is an art movie. You know, right, it's what this is, and it's an exceptionally good one, with a really, really great performance by Joaquin. Also, I still have to watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna... it's it's definitely worth seeing though. But anybody who, yeah, uh, I have seen that, but it did not make it into any of my awards. But uh, I did want to mention it because it's it's really, really excellent and underwatched. Yes, so watch it. Uh, I only I only had one out one switch out for acting, which would have been uh, Logan Marshall Green and Upgrade. Nice. <laughs> 
Um, you know, you the brought to my yeah. yeah. I mean, like you definitely brought to my attention just the similarities between like that and like the Evil Dead. Yeah, do you know franchise? And too, I just yeah. really like. It was just like holy shit. I don't know why I didn't think about it. And like, you know, his performance in that movie is is pretty exceptional. For it's really what good. Yeah, do. it's really good. He's no, really good in the movie. Physical demands of that role yeah. are no joke. They're really, really, he really yeah. did a great job with it. Yeah. So um, that would have been the only other one. It was a fun movie too. It was. Yeah, it's really good. So, all right, everybody. That's our top five. That's it. That's the, the couchies. Yeah. Get angry and, you know, tell us what you think. I yes. won't read it, but you can go ahead and scream at the internet anyway. I'm going to post like, anyone else. I'm going to like post links for, um, what do you call it? Everything that we, I'll write out all our lists. There you go. And post it and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know. And then just post a link to some fucking Stelvio Cipriani jams. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's what I should do. Yeah. yeah. Make 2019 a Stelvio year, guys. Yeah, yeah. As you're listening to this episode, yeah. just have Stelvio playing in the background. Blop, blop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rub one out. <laughs>